Okay, we're learning Daf Gimel. We're starting from the second to bottom line in Beis on Beis. So, we have a problem with our Mishnah. Our Mishnah says that an egg which is born, which is laid on Yantif, Beishama says it can be eaten, Beisil says it cannot be eaten. We're trying to analyze the dispute. We don't understand. If the mother was omate to be eaten, it was a food, so then on Yantif is not a muksa item, and the egg which comes out is also a food item. So it should be like... Just having a loaf of bread which you cut off a slice, there's no issue. Of course, it's not muksa. We can't understand. Rabbi Sol would say not to eat it. And if it's omed to raise eggs, the hen is omed to not to be eaten, but rather to raise eggs. So it's a muksa item. So then what comes out is very much uh, the egg, even though now it's, a, it's technically a food, but it's a nolad. It's a totally new entity. It wasn't here before. We can't, we can't view that as something... Um, which, should be, which should be allowed to be eaten on, on, on Yantif. So that's the Gemara's problem. How do we understand the dispute? So yesterday, the first approach was that, uh, that in Echanami, it's a machlokas about muksa, and uh, the machlokas is whether nolad is an issue. So Omed is the guy who baits him, and, and Beishamah holds nolad is not an issue. The second shah, Rabbah said it was Omed as la'achila, but there's a new Yisrael called Achana to Rabbah, that Shabbos can't prepare for Yantif, and in the case where Yantif would be Sunday, and the egg was fully formed, therefore, on Shabbos, it would be a problem of Shabbos preparing for the, for the meal of Yontif. So now the Gemara today is going to move on to two more approaches. The whole thing is because of a case where fruit falls off a tree on Yontif. So basically, really, maker idea is totally mother. There's really no issue. The mother's a mother's la'achila, it's not mok, so there's no issue here. Essentially, there's no problem. But there's halacha that if fruit falls off a tree on Yontif, you're not supposed to eat it. Why? Because if you do go ahead and eat it, what, what's going to happen? You'll have one apple. You'll be like, oh, that apple is so good. What are you going to do? You're going to go ahead and pluck another apple. So therefore, Hazal said that fruit that falls off a tree by itself, on Shabbos if you're not supposed to eat. It's very interesting. Right? It's very interesting. If you eat the one apple that falls, you might go eat more. So the idea is that an egg which is laid, now we're taking it much further. It kind of is similar to fruit that falls off a tree. Right? It was part of the mother and now it came off. So, not that you'll go pluck an egg from the hen, that's not the concern. But the point is, if we let you eat the egg which is laid, you might eat an apple which fell off the tree. And if you eat an apple which fell off the tree, you might go pluck another apple off the tree. That's the point. So the Gemara says, that's very far-fetched. What's the whole reason that Chazal asked fruits that fall off a tree to begin with? The whole thing is that you might go up to the tree and prick it yourself. So basically, it's going to lead to kotzer. It's going to lead to a violation of harvesting on Shabbos Yantif. So he goof gzera. That, that's just the gzera. The whole thing is that if you eat the, the fruit, you might go to pick more. So not naked and gzera. Should we go make a second gzera because of the first one? We should oser an egg that is laid on Yantif because it resembles a fruit that falls off a tree. And if you eat the fruit that fell off a tree, you might then go to pick more. So it's a double gzera. We don't do that. So the Gemara says, Kula it's all one decree. Meaning, Chazal, because they're concerned somebody might pick fruit, they asserted now everything together. It's not like two steps. They asserted any fallen fruit. Because we're concerned you might go pick fruit on Yantif, Chazal asserted, what do they asserted? Fruit that falls. And the category of fruit that falls includes the egg which is laid because it is like fruit that falls. It's not... They asked fruit that fell, and in order to protect that, they then went ahead and made another xera, asking the egg which is laid. When in the moment they asked 
the fruit that fell as a gzairah that you might go ascend and do kotzer, they ushered anything which is fallen fruit. What is fallen fruit? They included in that gzairah anything which is in a broader sense like fallen fruit. It's the subtlety here. They didn't ask for that and then make a second point. The subtlety is, is that in the gzairah of Paris and Ocean, they included from the very outset, they included the eggs. So therefore, the bottom line is, you're not allowed to eat the egg, which is laid on Yantif, according to this explanation here of Rav Yosef, because ultimately it might lead to somebody picking a fruit on Yantif. Already here, we see this such an important taste, just to know, we'll just speak it out very quickly, is that aren't you allowed to do any malacha on Yantif that's for food? You're allowed to cook, right? You're allowed to carry. So why can't you pick fruits on Yantif? What's the whole gzera? You might pick a fruit on Yantif. Isn't that ochel nefesh? Why can't you do that? You should be allowed to go to the apple orchard and pick an apple. If I want to make a baked apple on Yantif, I could cook, right? I could cook with the apple. So why can't I pick the apple? What's the difference? Right. So the Yushalmi says that only the malachos that are from Lisha and An. That's the Yushalmi. Tosis goes through, he proves it, the Bible argues. But there's got to be some answer. There's got to be some answer. Not, the basic conclusion is that not all malachos are mother for Ochel Nefesh and Yantif. But which yet? Yeah, which not? What's the rule? How do we know? That, that has to be determined as we go throughout the Masechta. But the one thing we see here is that Kotzer is not permitted. Says the Gemara, fourth shot, finally. It's because of juice that flows out of a fruit. So let's say I have some grapes that were pressed, you know, together. So if the juice flows out by themselves, Chazal said that you're not allowed to drink the fruit. You're not allowed to drink the juice. Why? Why can't I drink the juice? Because if you do drink the juice, you're going to enjoy it. And what are you going to do? You're going to be enticed to go squeeze more. And squeezing a grape is a malacha of... Schita, mefarik, which ultimately is a part of dash. It's like extracting, you know, you're extracting the liquid from within the grape. So therefore, you're not allowed to do that. Chazal said you're not allowed to even drink the liquid that flows out of the fruit by itself. So this is kind of like juice that, flo- that flowed out of a grape, right? I had an egg inside and it flowed out, right? Now it's, it's laid. So it kind of resembles juice that came out of a grape. So if we let you eat the egg, you might also eat the juice that came out of the grape. And if you eat the juice that came out of the grape, what might you do? Squeeze the grape more. So therefore you can't eat the egg. Says the world, what's the whole reason that we ask for the juice that flows out of the fruit on Yantiv? Because we're concerned you might go squeeze more fruit. You might squeeze the fruits further for the juice. He That to begin with is Xer. The real thing of the Malacha is only squeezing. We're ossering the drinking of the juice. is Xer you might go squeeze. And not make an egg, you're going to make a second decree. You're going to say, don't eat the egg, because if you eat the egg, you might drink the juice. And if you drink the juice, then what? Well, you might go, you might go squeeze. So it's the double xera. And the Gemara says the same thing. Kula chadikzera was all asr together. Meaning, when Chazal said, don't, because they were concerned, you might squeeze, they said, don't drink mashkin shazavu. When they asked for mashkin shazavu, they made the flowing juice xera in a broad sense, and they included the egg all in that. Correct, exactly. Good question. It seems that Beishama doesn't hold of his, of his din. He doesn't hold of that drasha of Hachanah Rava. No one else does, for example. We'll see in a second. It's a whole new drasha out of left field. So now that we had four answers, so now the Gemara wants to know why each of the Amaram didn't say like each other. Kulak Rav Nachman Lama Kikusha. Nobody said like Rav Nachman. Rav Nachman was yesterday's shot. That the mother was Muksa, and the issue was Muksa Kikusha. Because of our question. What, is, what do you mean because of our question? The Gemara was slugged up Rav Nachman. Why? Because why? They only talked about the egg. They could have talked about the hen as well. The Mishnah could have said, what happens if I had this hen, which is Omed Zagal the Beitzim, and on Yontif, now I decide I want to shechlin and eat it. The Shama would say that I, 
It's not a problem. He still would say it's a problem. Why are we only talking about the egg? That was our problem with Rav Nachman's pshat. Nobody says like Rabbi because Rabbi made up a new din of Achana, which we don't hold of. A new din that he darshan from a pasuk that Shabbos can't uh, prepare for the yontif. A whole new chiddush of Achana to Rabbi. Nobody else holds of that din at all. But when we get to the last two interpretations, right? What were they? They're very similar. They're xeris. Rav Yosef said it was xeris that you might go pluck fruits. And Rav Yitzchak was saying it was xeris that you might squeeze fruits. So why didn't Rav Yosef, the third shot, say like the fourth shot are the fruits? So Amalach, Beitzel, Ochla, Peirz, Ochla. An egg is a food and a food is a food. A juice is not a food. A juice is a liquid. So meaning, in terms of resembling a liquid that, 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 that flows out of a grape, an egg is not like that. An egg doesn't resemble juice that came out of a grape. It does. Not at all. It's not a juice. Right? So, mashkim shazava was xera only on mashkim. So, we're not going to include the egg in the xera. Mashkim in the other xera, which he was saying about peris hanoshim, yeah, it could be included in that. Says the Gemara, Rabbi Yosef, my time, Rabbi Yosef, why didn't the fourth shot, who said it's xera mashkim shazava, why didn't he say like Rabbi Yosef that it's an issue of, of, uh, of, of the fruits that fell that you might go cut more? So Machab refused to say, be a blue, a mashkin blue, and an egg is absorbed inside the hen, and a juice is something which is absorbed inside the flesh of the, uh, you know, inside the flesh of the grape. So therefore, they resemble each other. When the egg is laid, it resembles a juice which flowed out of the grape. Lafu compares to Miglavakaimo, the fruits are already exposed, meaning even before they're detached, they're exposed, right? You could see them. So if you want to know what the, the, the case of the egg that comes out of the chicken, what does it resemble more? It resembles more the liquid which flows out of the grape. They were both contained in something, not exposed, can't be seen, and then they came out of where they were. And now they're, in, you know, now they're out. Now I have the egg, now I have the juice. So therefore it resembles mashkum shizavu. It doesn't resemble something which was attached and growing and now is detached. There was always exposed. It's just a question of whether it was attached. Okay, great. So now the Gemara says we had four pshatims. Now we're going to show which one we're biyochon and held of. Rabbi Yochanan also held that it was a of mashkum shizavu, like the fourth shot. How do we know? Because Rabbi Nachman asked the stira in the words of Rabbi Yuda and he gave an answer. But the question that he asked would only make sense if the itzer was out mashkum shizavu. So now we go through. What was the question that Rabbi Yochanan asked? This is Rabbi Yochanan. We start with our mission. Tonight we learned in the mission. The din is, of course, you're not allowed to press fruits on Shabbos to squeeze out their fruit. If you do that, that the juice gets, that's a daraisa. That's mafarik. But if the juice flows out by themselves, asurin is also. We mentioned this din, because if you drink it, we're concerned, you might go squeeze further. Rabbi says it depends. It all depends. What was the owner planning on doing with the grapes? Right? What was he planning on doing? He's got this stuff in front of him. What was he planning? If he was planning on eating them... The juice that flows out could be permitted. Why? Rabbi is saying a very simple svar. What are we concerned? That if you drink the juice, you might go squeeze more. But if my plan was never to squeeze, my plan was to eat, then we're not concerned you're going to change your plan just because you had a drink. So you could let the guy drink the juice there. We're not concerned if he drinks the juice, he's going to go squeeze more grapes because his plan wasn't to squeeze. Ashkin, but if his plan was to, to squeeze, then then what comes out is awesome. So what do we see? We see a kula from Rabbi Yudah. The xera of mashkum shezavu is only when the owner was planning on squeezing the fruits. But if the owner was planning on eating the fruits, then we don't ask her. We don't, we don't forbid drinking the juice. Whenever it was a food, 
was planning on eating, and then if, and then the juice came out, it's just like a food that's separated from a food, so it's mutter. Meaning, we don't ask your mashim shezavo when the plan was to eat the food. It's only a problem when the plan was to squeeze. That's review the shita, akula. Rabbanan are saying, we always ask for the mashkim shizafu, no matter what your plans were. We're concerned you might, you know, switch your plans and go and squeeze. Ah, I taste how good the juice is. Now I might decide, let me go squeeze more. Rabbi says, no, it's only an issue if your plan was to squeeze. continued and he said, if I have a two-day yontif, right? Let's say I have a Rosh Hashanah coming up. So I don't know which day is the real day of, of yontif. So if I have an egg, which is which is um, laid on Yontif, I can't eat it. But comes along with with a creative chap. He has an idea. Let's say I didn't take off fruit. The first case he talks about is a person, someone has a basket of fruit that they didn't take off maizros from. So you're not allowed to eat it. And you can't take on Yontif, and you can't be masakin it because it's forbidden to take off maizros on Yontif. But what you could do is make a tenai. You can make a stipulation. You can make a stipulation on the first day and the second day and then eat it. What kind of stipulation? You say it like this. You say, today's right now a day, right? I'm not sure if it's Yontif. It might be today, it might be tomorrow. On the side, today's Yontif. I'm not being my, I'm not being mafish. This is nothing. But um, I don't want to violate Yontif. But on the side, today's Erev Yontif. So then I'm being Masna. Fine. And you leave it. You can't do anything today because you're not sure if, if it's Yontif and you was forbidden to be Maestro. You didn't take off Maestro. You come back the second day and you say on the second day, if today is Yontif, so then, well, I don't have to do anything. The Maestro was already taken off yesterday. And if yesterday was Yontif, and today is after Yontif, so I'm being mafresh today, and the guy does it, and then he could eat. Then he could eat from the basket on the second day. Either today is Yontif and he took off yesterday, or yesterday was Yontif and he's taking off today. But he's allowed to eat the produce today. And the same thing Rabbi Yudha says is with an egg which is born. An egg which is laid on the first day of Yontif. Can you eat it? No. But when I get to the second day of Yontif, I'm allowed to eat it. Why? Either today, the second day of Yontif, is the real Yontif, and yesterday was not, which means that the egg was born, was laid when? On Erev Yontif, no issue. Or, yesterday was Yontif, and it was laid on Yontif, but today is after Yontif, so I could eat it after Yontif. Today is not real Yontif. So Rabbi Yudha says a person is allowed to do that. Very interesting, creative chap. So what do we see? What's one thing that we can take away? You, can't, you can only eat the egg that's laid on the second day with this creative chap. You're not allowed to eat the egg on the first day. Why? Must be because of Xerah of Mashkim Shezavo. Now, why is that a problem? Because Rabbi Huda's sheet on Mashkim Shezavo is that it's only a problem if I was planning on squeezing the fruits. If I was planning on eating the grapes, for example, and then juice flows out, it's not a problem. So the kasha is, why would Rabbi Yehuda lishitaso? Ever aser the egg which is laid on Yontif Stam. What's the issue bechlal and the first day itself? Forget about the second day. And the second day we come up with a chap. Why on the first day is Rabbi Yudah saying don't eat it? The problem is only mashkim shezavo. We assume, but according to Rabbi Yudah Lashit also, there's no mashkim shezavo if the plan wasn't to squeeze. If it was a food, there's no problem with mashkim shezavo. So just like if the liquid seeps out of a grape that I was planning to eat, Rabbi Yudah lets you drink it. So Rabbi Yudah should allow you to eat the egg that comes out of the hen, which is a food. So that was Rabbi Yochanan's big stira. So that was, that's exactly what the Gemara is saying. From the fact that Rabbi Yochanan posed the question, it must be he held that the issue with an egg can only be mashkim shezavo. Because had it been any other issue, let's say it was Peres Anoshrin like Rabbi Yosef, then it wouldn't have been a question, right? Rabbi Yehuda answers the egg which is laid because of Peres Anoshrin. It happens to be in the laws of Mashkim Shazavu. He's made cool of his moch. Must be Rabbi Yochanan doesn't hold of the Xerah Peir Sanoshin. He held like the Taina of the Gemara said that, you know, it's nothing, the egg doesn't resemble the Peir Sanoshin. 
So it must be the only shot is the reason we ask for the egg is mashkum shazavu, and that's where Bilchanan has his theory. There, Bilchanan does make all mashkum shazavu if it's ochlim, but here, what's the din? Here he's saying you can't eat the egg which is born on Yantiv. So what did Rabbi Yochanan answer? Mishani You have to reverse the opinions. Very interesting thing. That uh, Rabbi Yehuda, we got it backwards. Rabbi Yehuda is the one who answers the decree on the flowing juice even to an food. Fakert. He's the one who's more machmer. The Rabbanon were more mekel. The Rabbanon were the ones who were saying that if you brought it in to, to eat, then if the juice flows out, it's mother. So actually, Rabbi Yehuda is Lashitasa. Actually, it works out really well. Rabbi Yehuda holds that the Xerah Mashkim Shazavo includes a case even where you brought it in for food, and that's why Lashitasa, Rabbi Yehuda is the one who says that the egg is a problem to eat on the first day. Now the Gemara just finishes the point. Since Rabbi Yochanan ever asked the two, the two statements of Rabbi Yehuda onto each other, they must have been the same reasoning. Meaning, the issue with the egg on the first day is Mashkum Shazavo, and the issue Rabbi Yehuda and the Rabbanu were speaking about is whether it's a Xer of Mashkum Shazavo in a case where you brought in the grapes to eat. So therefore we see that it's all the same reason. Had it been that the reason we asked for the egg is for any of the other reasons, then Rabbi Yochanan wouldn't have had a question. So for the fact that he posed the question, we see that he understood, like Rabbi Yitzchak, that the issue at hand is mashkum shazav. Okay, so now we're going to deal with other approaches to Rabbi, to, to Rabbi Yochanan's question. Rabbi Yochanan again is asking, Rabbi Yudah held in the Mishnah, mashkum shazav was only a problem if you brought it in to squeeze, not if you brought it in to eat. So why does he hold that an egg that is born on the first day is a problem? So Ravina Amar Lolam Lotepach. You shouldn't have, you don't have to flip the opinions, right? That was Rabbi Yochanan's move. Switch the opinions. And really, Rabbi Yehuda is the one who's more machman, mashman, shazavu. Ravina says you don't have to do that. What's happening in the second mission is that Rabbi Yehuda is speaking to the Rabbanon within their own opinion. Meaning, he always really argues on them in two accounts. He's saying as follows. If you ask me my own personal view, I feel the Bereshit Nami Sharia. I would let you eat the egg even if it's late on the first day of Rosh Hashanah. Because it's just a food separated from a food. Meaning, I hold it's not a problem because there's no Mashkum Shazavu at all because the mother hen is a food. You're not, it's not only to be squeezed. So there's no Xer of Mashkum Shazavu to even speak of. That's me, Lishitasi. That's me. And I can understand that you don't agree with me. But according to you, meaning I understand that you have a Mashkum Shazavu because you asser Mashkum Shazavu even in a case where your plan is to eat them. But at least you should agree to me that on the second day of Yontif you could eat it, because there are two separate days. One of them is Kaddish, one of them is not. We don't know which one is and which one is not, but on the second day you should be allowed to eat the egg. So that's what he's saying. He's saying, you want to argue with me on the first day, argue with me on the first day. That's our old, our old debate. I could concede that. I Meaning I could concede, not that I'm, I'm wrong, but I concede that there's a reason why you argue. But there's no reason for you to argue on the second day. respond, and this is the famous lambdas going into Rosh Hashanah, that no, the two days of Rosh Hashanah are not two separate days. One is Kadosh and one is not, just we don't know which one. The Rabbanan said that it's a 48-hour period of one long Kedusha. So therefore, that's why the egg is also even on the second day. You can't say if it's late on the first day, but Miman of now on the second day it's permitted. That's all true if you're not sure out Suffolk, one of them is Kadosh, one of them is not. But if it's for sure din vadai that it's one long kedusha of forty-eight days, you can't make that argument. That's why the rabbanon say that the egg which is laid on the first day of yantif will be also on the second day as well. Okay, so Ravina has, has reconciled the two statements of Rabbi Yehuda by saying Rabbi Yehuda is just speaking the shitasam of the rabbanon. Now the Gemara makes another way to answer the question. Ravina bade Rav Amar Hacha in the case of the Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah, but the case was over there that the hen was designated to make eggs. Meaning, 
Our whole thing in our Mishnah, according to the last Pratim, is that the mother was omed to eat. So there was no issue of muksa. There was only an issue of, is there a So yeah, in Achanami, if the mother is omed l'achila, Rabbi Yudah wouldn't even answer the egg on the first day of Yantav, because Rabbi Yudah l'shitasu doesn't hold the mashkum shazafa where the thing is brought for food. But in the Mishnah there, with the, with the, with the two days of Rosh Hashanah, the mother was omed for Beitzim. The mother was muksa. Rabbi Yudah l'tamed is muksa. Remember, Rabbi Yudah holds a muksa. So therefore, for sure, on the first day, he's not going to let you eat, eat the egg that's laid because it's a muksa issue. If the mother's omed is l'gadu beitzim, for sure it's muksa. So Barbuda was just coming along and saying, but on the second day you could eat it because of Imanav Shah. Either the second day is not Yantif, so of course there's no issue of Moksa, or the, se- the second day is Yantif, but the egg was born before Yantif, so it's not Moksa because when Yantif started, when the second day started, it was already designated, prepared for eating. So, so that's why Rabbi Yudah was saying on the second day is Motor, but he agreed on the first day was Motor to eat, out's Motza. By us, what we were talking about, we were talking about where the mother's Omedes La Achila, so there's no issue of Motza. The only question is, is there Xer of Mashmash Shazabo in Enachanan? Rabbi Yehuda, the Shitasa, would say you could eat the egg because there's no Xer of Mashmash Shazabo whenever you bring it in the, 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 the fruits for the purposes of eating. Okay. So now we've dealt with Stevers and Rabbi Yehuda, but the main thing that we have is that we have four pshatim in our Mishnah, why Beisham and Beisola are arguing about eating an egg. Okay, we've got four pshatim in front of us. Okay, Rabbi Nachman, it's a question of Moksa, so it's a question of holding of Nolad and Moksa. We have Rabba, it's an issue of Hachana, where Yantav is Sunday. And then Rabbi Yitzchak and Rabbi Yosef, that it's a question of making Gzeros, Mishim Peres, Hanoshin, or Mashkin Shazab. Says the Gemara Mesve, we ask a kashas from a Brisa. The Brisa says, Whether an egg is laid on either Shabbos or Yontem, you're not allowed to move the egg. You can't use it to cover a kli. Interesting creative use of using an egg. You can't use an egg to do that. You can't do it. You ever saw that trick, right? That, that put it under the, the leg of a bed and it stands perfectly. It's the coolest thing. So yeah, I tried it at home. You're not allowed to do that. Uh, one thing you could do is that you're allowed to cover it with a clee. Meaning there, I'm not moving the egg. The opposite. I'm moving a clee to cover the egg so that it doesn't break. So that I'm allowed to do. Okay, now the Brysa says, here's where we have to focus. Usveka asura. If I'm not sure, if I have a suffix, then me suffix, the egg is asur. Pasha, that means if I have a suffix, I'm not sure if it was laid on Yantip or not, I have to be machmer. I have to be machmer. And if this egg became, became mixed up with a thousand other eggs, Kul and Asuras, they're all Asur. Sounds like it's saying there's no Bittal. It sounds like we're saying there's no Bittal whatsoever. And even if it got mixed up with a thousand other eggs which are permitted, but since I've got this one egg which is not, all the eggs are Asur. Okay, that's what the Brysa says. Now, let's understand the Brysa. So it says the Gemara, that there's an issue of Hachana. According to Rabbah, Rabbah is the one opinion that we're dealing with a Daraisa issue. According to Rabbah, Hachana the Rabbah, we saw yesterday was a Pasuk, so there's a Din Daraisa that all the food has to be prepared before. So according to him, it's a Suffolk Daraisa, Sveik Daraisa, we could understand what the Brysa said. Right? The Brysa said, that if you have a suffix, it's also, we can understand that. It's a sveik daraisa. So if it's a suffix daraisa, we have to be machved. But according to them, that it's, um, that Rav Yosef and Rav Yitzchak, that it's an only an issue of xera. What was xera? That you might go pick fruits, or that you might go squeeze fruits. So the whole thing is a darabana. So if you have a suffix, if the egg was laid on Yantav, sveik darabana, no, it's only a suffix mit darabana. Every time I have a suffix mit darabana, what's the halacha? I'm allowed to be lenient. 
So the question is, why would the Brizer say that if I have this doubt about the egg, it's usher, just to the contrary. We should say if I have a doubt about the egg, it should be permitted because it's a sveka derabon. That's the question. Great question. So basically, we see in a Brizer that the suffix about this egg of Yontif, it's usher, and we think that's a proof to Rabbah that the issue is a derabon issue of achana because if it's only a derabon issue, so then there shouldn't be a reason to ask for the egg. We should rather say sveka derabonon le kula. Great question. So the Gemara says, Amalei, Seifa asa on the treifa. The seifa totally switched the case. This is a very forced idea. When the seifa said a suffix is asa, it means if it's a doubt if the mother hen was a treifa. If an animal is a treifa and it lays an egg, or whatever, you can't, not only can you not eat the meat, if the hen is a treifa, you can't eat the eggs that come out either. Treifa means that it has some defect in the body that's going to make it die. So, so if there was a doubtful status of treifa, something that makes us concerned, and now the egg is laid, we don't know if it came from the treifa mother or not, so we have to be machmer not to eat it. And that's a suffix to rise. Now, how did the price get to that, right? We're in the middle of talking about an egg that was born on Yontif, right? So it's a very forced shot. Right in the middle of the price that we switched gears completely, even though it didn't even say it explicitly. And really what we're discussing is the egg that is doubtful, that doubt that came from the mother treifa. If that's what you're talking about, you're talking about at the end of Suffolk Trefa, you must say, but what did the end of the Brizer say? If the egg got mixed up with a thousand, all a thousand are usr. There's no bit though, it's all usr. So how do we understand? Remember, normally what's the halacha? If I have one piece of meat that gets, of treif meat that gets mixed up with two pieces of kosher meat, what's the halacha? Bittol, acharabah mahatas, you're allowed to eat all the meat. Here, what did the Brizer say? The Brizer said that if I have the one egg, which is usr, and it gets mixed up with a thousand, so it's mutter. Why? I mean, so it's awesome, right? Why? Why is that like that? Why don't we say it's bottle? You mother a thousand kosher eggs. What's the problem? So, if you tell me that the issue is the issue that we're not sure if the egg was laid on yontif, there we can understand why. Because even though it's a drabanon, but it's something which will become mutter. Even if you say all a thousand eggs are awesome right now, misafik. It's not such a big deal because you could just eat them all after Yantif. Remember, the issue on the egg is only an issue for right now, for today, for Yantif. So even if we give him a chamer de kapsak and don't eat it now, that will pass. It's a davar sheyesh matirin. That's the big rule in Bittal. Anything which has matirin, any iser which will pass, has no Bittal. Rashi here says a very famous quote of a Rashi. This is heavily quoted in the post in Yardayim. Instead of relying and eating it be'isr and relying on bitl, just wait till the isr goes away and eat it be'atr. So if it's a suffix, if it's, if, if it's the din that we're not sure if it's born and laid on yontif, then the price would make sense why there's no bitl. Even one in a thousand, there's no bitl because the issue will pass. But if the case in the end of the price is a suffix treifa, that's never something that's going to get a hatter. When a treifa egg gets mixed up with a thousand kosher eggs, if we asser it, it's going to be asser forever. It's never going to have to throw out all a thousand eggs. So Tibalto Baruba should have been bottled by, by majority. So what are we proving? The end of the price has to be talking about a yontif issue. That's the only way we'll understand why there's no bittal. And once the end of the price is talking about that, so then our proof comes back. It's still asser, the suffix egg. And we see that it must be a suffix daraisa, not a suffix daraba. So great question, right? Rashi says, What do you mean? I'm not eating iser. That's the whole point. The bittal is matter, right? But it's almost like the employment of the bittal. And by the way, But the idea is the usage of the bittal. Some of the Akronim understand that it's a gavr digadin. Meaning, 
But if we allow you to use the bittel and assume that it's all good because the bittel made it all heter, and even though you could just wait until the issue went away, so you'll come, you know, you, you'll be too makeable with things. So therefore we said, only use bittel as like a last resort. Okay. So now the Gemara gets, maybe there would be a possible other answer. Why it's not bought? Why, again, if we want to say it's talking, according to these Amaram, that it's the Drabanan issue, we can't say it's talking about a Suffolk egg born in Yontif, because that's Suffolk Drabanan Kula. We have to say it's talking about a Suffolk Trefa. If it's talking about a Suffolk Trefa, then we don't understand why it's not bought one in a thousand. So, maybe we'll give a new answer. An egg is a very significant item. Certain items that are very significant, Mitzrabanan, they said, can't be bottled. The idea of bittal is that they're nullified, right? So a piece of meat, a small piece of meat can be nullified. But a significant whole, complete item is significant. It's like, you know, like it's like a, it's a davar achashim. And Mitzrabanan, we say a significant item is not bottled. So maybe you'll tell me an egg is a significant item, so it can't be bottled. But the Gemara says that's not so simple. It's good according to the opinion that says that the right text in the mission that we're going to look at is anything that's typically sound, that's typically counted and sold as an individual unit is not bottled, then it would be good. One opinion says anything that's typically sold by a specific number, that thing is chashev. So eggs are like that. You either sell, you know, you sell half a dozen, you sell a dozen. They're sold by the number. You never get like an extra egg, right? You get... A specific number. So that shows that the egg is significant. They're sold by a specific number. So according to that opinion, it would be good. We could say that an egg is chashav and apotal. One opinion says, no, 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 no. It's not enough that it's typically sold by the number. It has to be that it's exclusively counted and sold by the number. Meaning, it has to be a type of item that the, that the, 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 the one selling it is so makbid that he would never, ever, ever, ever give you an extra one. Meaning it's always specific to the count. So an egg is not like that. An egg is something where it's typically sold by the number in the market. But it's not so significant that it's only, only sold by the number. Once in a while, he'll just pick up a handful of eggs and sell it to you for a certain price without counting out how many he's selling you. It's not like, you know, he's selling you the most significant thing in the world. So according to that opinion, basically, the, 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 the criteria for significance that we say is not bottle is higher. Criteria is that you have to set that we set the bar higher it has to be limno, something which is only exclusively sold by the number. And an egg is not like that. Egg is typically sold by the number, not exclusively. So according to that opinion, we have no reason why the egg shouldn't be bottled. And now the Gemara goes through where these two opinions come from. We're introducing a new topic here that the Dabar Khashav is not bottled, and we're saying there's a dispute if it's what's considered Khashav, Kol Shadarko Limnos or only Eshadarko Limnos. And we're going to say that the egg is something which is kosher dark limnos, but not esher dark limnos. And we're going to show that where these two opinions come from. Somebody has bundles of tilton. Tilton is a kind of bean that you use. I don't know exactly what it is. Um, and it comes, but it's from kilia karen. It's from kalim that grew in a vineyard. So you have to burn them, right? Of course, it's also It's also But if those bundles get mixed with other mutter bundles, and then that mixture became even mixed with other ones, they all have to be burned, meaning they cannot be bottled. According to our mayor, there's no bottle, there's no bittle on these bundles of tiltal. Why can't they be bottled? The bittle for our law is one in 200. If as long as there's 200 more hetter, it's bottled. Why is Rameyer saying there's no bittel? Since bundles are counted and sold, therefore they cannot be nullified. Rameyer is espousing this view that anything which is sold by a number cannot be bought. The Chachamim disagree with that. The Chachamim say no. There's only six things which can't be bought. 
And besides, for the six most special prized items of the world, everything else could be bottled. Rabbi Kiva, Amr Shiva, Rabbi Kiva says seven. What are these six, seven things that the Rabbanon are talking about? Egoze parach, parach nut. Rimoni badan, badan pomegranate. Chavi Yistumos, a sealed cask of wine. Chavi Yistumos, a specific type of beet. Kilche Krov, a special cabbage stalk. Glass Yavanus, a Greek gourd. Rabbi Kiva adds, even a special homemade loaf of bread, a special loaf of bread that's made of homemade cannot be bottled. Of those seven items, although some of them could become Arla, those are subject to Arla and can't be bottled. The ones that could become climbing the Karim could become climbing the Karim and can't be bottled. So bottom line is, before we get further, what do we have? We have in front of us Machlokas Chachamim and Rabbi Akiva, whether a bundle of Tilton could be, could be bottled. I'm sorry, the Chachamim and Rabbi Meir, whether a, a bundle of Tilton can be bottled. Rabbi Meir says anything that's counted cannot be bottled. He says if it's counted, then that means it's chashav, it cannot be bottled. The Rabbanon are like, counted is not enough. It's got to be the most unique species of something rare, like the most prized thing in the world. And if it's one of, and there are, of those things, there's only six of those out there in the entire world. With the exception of the six special things, everything else is bottled. Don't tell me it's so significant because it's counted. Counted isn't so significant, okay? But Rabbi Meir does hold of that point. Rabbi Meir does say that the, the tilton, the bundle of tilton, uh, since it's counted, it cannot be bottled. Now, within Rabbi Meir's opinion, there's a big question about what the correct girsa is. It's Allah, it was said about the Mishnah, Rabbi Yochanan said that Rabbi Meir's point is whatever is exclusively counted and sold, that way cannot be bottled. He said it's Eshadarka Limnos. Rabbi Shimon Lakish, Rabbi Shlakish said, Kol Shadarka Limnos. Even something which is usually counted and sold in individual units cannot be bottled. So according to Rish Lakish, so the, again, let's just be clear, Rabbi Yochanan and Rish Lakish are arguing about Rabbi Meir's opinion. The Rabbanan's opinion, everybody agrees. The Rabbanan just say only the six special prize items in the world can't be bought to everything else. Good. Rabbi Meir holds things that are counted cannot be bought to. The question is, what is Rabbi Meir's opinion? Rabbi Yochanan is saying it's a higher standard of Eshedarka Limnos, only something which is exclusively counted and sold as a unit. Whereas Rabbi Shalakish is saying it's a lower standard, even something which is typically sold by, counted and sold by a unit cannot be bought to according to Rabbi Meir. So an egg, let's get back to us now. An egg is typically counted and sold by unit, but it's not exclusively counted and sold as that unit. So, the bride said that, said that the egg is not bottle. And again, what happened? We had to say that the egg in the bride says a suffix trefa because it couldn't have been a, a, the egg laid on Yantif because that's only suffix drabana. So we had to say it was a suffix trefa. What was the problem that we didn't understand why it wasn't bottle? One in a thousand, why not? So what the Kumar says, like Rishlakish, it would be good because an egg is typically counted and sold in a unit. So therefore, it's too chashev. We could say we're going like Rabbi Meir's opinion. Anything counted is not bottle. And we say that anything, anything which is typically counted is not bottle. Elala Rabbi Yechanan, Rabbi Yechanan, who said that the girsa was Eshedar Kalimnos, has to be exclusively counted and sold. An egg is not like that. An egg is not Eshedar Kalimnos. So now the question comes back, what are we going to say? According to, according to Rabbi Yechanan, everybody should say that the egg is bottle. So now we're stuck. Again, we, want, we need to say the Bryce is talking about a Suffolk Trefa, but if we say it's talking about a Suffolk Trefa, then we don't understand why it's not bottle one in a thousand. We tried to answer maybe that an egg is too chashiv to be bottle, but that's not working out according to Rabbi Yochanan. According to Rabbi Yochanan, the only thing which is not bottle, even in Rameir's view, is something which is exclusively sold for, but in not, in, by number, which is not that way by an egg. So, Amar Papa, Haitana, 
Tana the litra dixios. The price that says that eggs are not bottle is the tana of the litra of dried figs. We're going to show that this tana holds that anything, that anything which is davar shabiminion, which is usually sold by units, is not bottle even in isadrabanu. Certainly by daraisa law like a savik tree eggs. What we're going to do? What's the game plan here? Is we're going to say you're right, Rabbi Yochanan. Maybe Rabbi Mayer holds you need eshadaka limnos. You're right, but I'm going to show you a tana out there. Who holds that even something which is typically counted and sold, even if it's not exclusively, is still resistant? Who is this other mystery Tana? The Tana, the Tana, it says in the Mishnah, I have a litra, a litra is an amount of weight. So I have a litra of dried figs of Midrabanan, it's truma. And so Azar is not allowed to eat it. And he presses, the owner goes ahead and he presses. This, the, these dried figs into the mouth of a mold. So basically, they used to take the figs, dry them out, and then they would like press them. And they would press them in like a cake. It would come, kind of look like a cake afterwards. So they press them in, in this mold, in this round mold. So, and then they would sell them that way. Like they would take them to the market, and then they would take a knife and cut off a little bit of the cake, of the fig cake, and sell it to, that way to people. So here the guy took a litter of dried figs, and he presses them into the mouth of the mold. But he has a bunch of molds. Think about it like a guy. He's got a big fig business. So he's got a bunch of molds, and he knows I pressed it into the mouth, into the top of one of them, but I can't remember which one I did it to. Or he pressed it onto the top of a barrel, but he can't remember which barrel he pressed it onto. He knows it's on the top of one barrel, but he's not sure which one. Or the top of one basket, again, but he doesn't know which basket. So in all these cases, Remeir Omer, Remeir says the following machlokas exists. Remeir says, Rabbi Lezer Omer, top of Daftal. Rabbi Lezer says, We imagine the top litters of dried figs as if they're separated from the mouse there, and that they're mixed up with all the other litras together. So the shear so of bittel you can use even from the lower litras. Now he's saying a big chedesh. Let's just clarify. The shear for bittel, right, in truma is one in a hundred. So if I had a hundred molds, everything would be good. I know I put it on one, in the mouth of one mold. I'm not sure which one, but there's a hundred. So the bittel is one in a hundred. Everything would be fine. But the case is not like that. Let's say there's only 50 molds. Okay, only 50 molds. So it should be a problem. But let's think here for a second. Even in the one mold that you put it, there's a bunch, there's like a whole mold. There's the top part where you put it, but there's also the bottom part, which is a lot of non-truma figs. So Rabbi Meir is saying a tremendous kula that Rabbi Lazar says, you imagine as if it's all mixed up. Even though you know that the place where you put the figs is only on the top, not on the bottom. But you're still able to imagine as if it's all separated and mixed together. It's as if you picked up the top part and mixed it all, mixed it all together with the bottom part. So the ta'aruvis, the mixture in front of you, you look at the volume of the mixture of the suffix to include the bottom parts. So even if I only had, let's say, 50 molds, everything is fine because the shear of one in 100 is present because the amount of heter here is including even the bottom parts of the molds, which is a tremendous chiddush that you're able to do that. Obviously, you can only do it because it's a derabonan. The reason it's so schwer is because you know it's not in the bottom parts, so it shouldn't be part of your suffix. You should only take in the top parts. If there's 100 tops, you're good. But if there's not 100 tops, then the, all the figs on the top of the molds are usher, and only the figs which are on the bottom are mutter. Okay, that's the uh, view of Rabbi Meir. Rabbi Meir is saying that according to Rabbi Leazar, there's a huge kula going on here that you're able to imagine that the taruvis is from all the top on the bottom. 
and according to Rabbi Yeshua, not. Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, no, Rabbi Lezer, according to Rabbi Lezer, you need 100. To be both of them, lava, pupinas, from Yishlai, mutarim. If not, the figs at the top are also in the bottom are mutarim. Rabbi Yeshua, Omer, Rabbi Yeshua says, and this is what we need, even if there are 300 mouths there, you can have the biggest shear in the world. Lo yalu, it's not patol. Why is it not patol? What's going on? Must be, he's of the shita that it just cannot be patol at all. What's the pshat? Because it's too significant. Since basically it's a recognizable unit of merchandise, the point is that the mouths of the things are usually sold by number. They're usually counted and sold by that way. So it's a countable unit of merchandise. Therefore, it's not bottle. That's the Tana that we want. We want that Tana. Even though it's not exclusively sold that way, but it's typically sold that way. Kol Shadarko Limnos, it still has a significance. It's typically sold by, by a unit. You have a certain amount, you know, the, 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 the certain amount that you sell it by. You count a certain amount and sell it. And therefore, it's not bottle. So even if he says, even if there were 300 miles, it would not bottle. Now we just clean up the brysa. So the brysa concludes, let's say you pressed it. In, into the mold, and you don't remember which one. Everybody agrees it's bottle. Says the Gemara, what are you talking about? That's what we just said. That's the dispute. So the Gemara answers, if you press it inside, in the last case, you didn't leave it as its own unit. You mushed it in totally into the figs, into the whole thing, and you just don't know where it is, then everybody agrees it is bottle. Because in this case, you're not leaving it as a recognizable unit. In the top part of the price, so you just stuck it on the top of the mouth. You're leaving it as its own unit that you can sell in a significant way. There, there was a svar from Rabbi Yeshua. Even if there's 300, it's not bottle because it's too significant. But in the last case, where you press it, mamish mish it into the figs, and it does, it's no longer a discernible thing. It's just all mixed up. Then everybody agrees that there's bit. The only reason that we say that there's no bittles is when I just placed it at the top of one of them and I don't know which one it was. So there, there was a svara that since it's a chosh of an item that is recognizable and distinct to be sold as its own unit in the market, it's not bought all. So bottom line is, where are we? We are that we finally found the Tana who holds cold dovership and minion, I feel about So going back to the price, if we could say the price was talking about a suffix trefa egg like we needed to do. And we could still understand why it's not bought the one in a thousand because we, it, the price is going like the Tana that cold dover shabbat minion afilu ba'elif lo bottle. Who is that Tana? Not necessarily Remeir. I mean, Yochanan's Gersa with Mithra Remeir was Eshadako Limnos. But at least we could attribute it to this Tana here, Rabbi Yoshua, with the litra of the dried figs, which is Kosher Darko Limnos. If I put it on the top of one of them, and I don't know which ones, he says, even if there's 300 barrels or baskets, it's all not bottle because it's a significant item of merchandise.